Hello, this is the Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Bickford. I'm a creative entrepreneur, a mom, and a wedding industry professional. When I started my wedding planning career, I had nothing, but I knew I had the edge to grow in this incredible industry and establish my name. I remember feeling and still do, I would do anything to be one of the best wedding planners in the world. This podcast is about establishing your goals and manifesting them into a thriving career in the wedding industry. It's also about my personal aspirations and struggles, hearing from other industry professionals and their experiences, and setting your ego aside so that you can attract and receive greatness. You can expect to hear from me each week. I will share with you actionable steps you can take to build a thriving business and connect with other incredible human beings in the wedding industry, no matter where you are. I started this podcast because I feel a great purpose to share my insights, encourage you to push through your comfort zone and help you elevate your mind to exceed your potential in the wedding industry. I hope you learn something, laugh a little, and feel inspired as you go through this next chapter in your life. Now set your ego aside. It's time to manifest your dreams. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. Today's episode is with Allie Favory of Blossom Bay Design, and I'm literally still buzzing from the feeling I got when we wrapped the show. In this episode, we talk about how 2024 is the year of brand and self-rejuvenation, how attending Engage made us both feel less alone in the industry how Allie got her start from a Craigslist ad, (laughs) starting a business with a partner and not having an exit plan, and trusting your path and where it is leading you and knowing that it will be great. Yeah, there will be struggles and disappointment and devastation, but just having that faith and knowing that everything is going to be okay and turn out wonderful in your life, that's a good way to live. A little background about Allie before we get started. Allie is the owner, founder, and creative director of Blossom Bay Design. It's an East Coast floral design company that specializes in destination-based site-specific installations, which we get more into on the show. Together with her dynamic team of artists, designers, and makers, Blossom Bay creates custom experiences ranging from weddings to corporate events and commercial clients. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. We have Allie Favory on the show today. Uh, She is the owner and designer of Blossom Bay. And I am so excited to talk to you and share how we met and where you're going, where you came from. So welcome, Allie. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Um, So we met at Engage. and. I feel like we instantly hit it off. It was so amazing. I actually like don't remember how like Bree Thompson, you and I like created this trio of like, we are our girls. We're on a group chat immediately. Do you remember exactly how it went down? I, okay. I think I was thinking about this the other day and I think it was, we were leaving gifting, which was amazing. And yeah. we were walking out and I was, I was walking with Theo and I think you already knew Theo maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And you guys were all going to lunch and it was so nice because I didn't have a little group to hang out with and you guys invited me to lunch. And then immediate at lunch, I think the three of us were sitting on the same side of the table and it was kind of kismet. It was just like, I knew you were my people. I knew I wanted to hang out with you and talk with you and be friends with you and work together. Yeah. It's when a photographer, a floral designer and a wedding planner get together. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> So perfect. I loved it so much. And we've been on a group text and I'm having Brie Thompson on the show soon. And now you're on the show. And it just like makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. Seriously. I'm so happy. I think a lot of people listening to uh, the podcast um, are hearing a lot about Engage. And I really want to know like what was, what, how did you feel about attending Engage? Like, do you think it was worth it? Like, what did you get out of it? How are you feeling? Um Yeah, I thought it was incredible. It was exactly what I needed. And I had done it once, like three or four years prior. And at that time, I thought it was great too. But I think Blossom Bay was still a very young business. And I got a lot of inspiration from it that time. But this time, I really felt like I got a sense of community and I got a sense of inspiration. And it also reminded me, I think, I've been so busy hustling and working on the business that I haven't been investing in myself. And when we went to engage and we heard all these people speak and to meet other people that are doing the same things as us, it was just like made me feel less isolated and made me feel reinvigorated. And like, I just feel like, I I think engage is the reason. And now I feel like, cause I think 2024 is going to be our best year ever. And I just feel rejuvenated. And I, for all of those reasons alone, it was just so worth it. Absolutely. I felt the same way. I don't know if you were in that conversation, my little bubble um, on the retro night. And I've, I've said this in a previous episode, but I, I literally like, <laughs> was like, this is the best night of my life. Okay. That night was so fun. That dance floor and the, everything about it was just exactly what I needed. I, I thought it was just the best time. It was the best time. And I definitely felt motivated and more confident. Because people I feel like were coming up to me and be like, oh my gosh, we're Cal of Roke events. I've been wanting to meet you. And I'm like, you know who I am? Like, that exact thing happened to me. I was shocked when someone said they had been excited to meet me there. I was like, me? Do you me? <laughs> yeah. Me? Um, it does make you feel, yeah, just inspired me to realize that there's people I'm looking up to, but there's also people looking up to us and yes. getting to see how we've grown and, and be inspired for where we're going to go. And it feels like we're less alone. You know what I mean? Like we post on social media and we, you know, heads down designing, working with clients day of like proposals, but like people are watching what we're doing and we're inspiring people. And that, I just got goosebumps. Me too. (laughs) And it it made me feel less alone in, in that aspect. And it also made me feel less alone in just like knowing that all these other people who I really admire and respect and you're on that list um, are feeling the same struggles that I feel. And it was just like, okay, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. This is just what owning a business and going after your dreams looks like. Right. I felt like when I was talking to, um, love them both, Caitlin Fulton and Shannon Leahy, just like listening to them talk and having the conversations of like how big they are and how amazing they are and how their their company operates. I'm like, I want to do that. Like I can get at that level. And they're they're just people too. Right. They're not yeah. like these like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean to, to me, I'm like, I wanna be like them. But like people are looking at us thinking, oh, 
that moment of like, they're so amazing. I want to get to where they are. And I think we really need to like hone in and like feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And celebrate our along the way. Cause I feel like all the time I'm trying to learn and grow, but I'm forgetting how far we've already come. Yes. Yeah. Which I want to hear more. And I think everybody wants to hear more about like how you got started because you got started in art, right? Yeah, I did. So I, I think like take us back, like give us the nitty gritty. You don't have to give us bullet points. Like we really want to hear your story and any funny moments or aha moments or oh no moments. Um, so yeah, like tell us how you got started. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's so many funny moments for sure. <laughs> uh, my background into the wedding world is kind of funny because I got into it off Craigslist. Um, I had just graduated school. My background is in fine art. I had specialized in sculpture and I was doing really large scale metal work, kind of welding steel, making these huge like 10 to 12 foot pieces. And that's what I started doing right after school. I was doing my own art shows and selling work, but then I was kind of just doing that artist hustle where I was also teaching art at a nonprofit. I was doing graphic design. I was kind of just piecing you know, all the different jobs together to pay my bills. And on Craigslist one day, I, I mean, this is obviously a while ago, but this like, that's where you would find jobs back in the day. And yeah, totally. um, there was one on there that said like, must be able to work in the round and work with nature and work with your hands. And it, it was a floral design job. And I thought, well, that sounds fun. I could do that. And I went and the company that I worked for, I'm still great friends with them today. They're like the kindest, sweetest people, but they the way that they design is different than the way that I want to design. It was more traditional and like in, in a floral design, they had their own specific style. And I remember at the time, like as soon as I started working for them thinking like, well, what if you did this like fine art? And what if you approached this the way that I'm approaching sculpture? And that honestly just made me so excited. And it wasn't at all what I thought was going to happen or the path I thought I was going to take. But it was like this aha moment where I was like, I don't have to work with metal because the, it was funny because the metal sculptures I was making, I my first solo show was called Wood and Metal. And I was bending metal and, and welding it and forging it to look like trees and to look like plants. Wow. And then, oh, all of a sudden I was like, I could work with plants. I don't yeah, I can actually, I can actually work with plants. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it started that way. And, and even then the path, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make a wedding business or, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It, I, I was just really excited about it. And so I was still piecing together all these jobs. And then for my friends, I just, whenever someone was getting married or had an event, I would take their whole budget and I wouldn't pay myself, but I would use it all to buy product. And I would just sell them on like, what if we did this crazy arch that people would walk through? Or what if we hung something from the ceiling? And my approach from the very beginning, I think, because I had come from the background of sculpture was very site specific and very large scale and kind mm -hmm. of these moments and interactive pieces with floral for people to have at their events. And so it started there and kind of grew crazy quick. It was like I was doing it for people, mostly people I knew. And then all of a sudden it was people I didn't know. And then it was, it quickly grew to be other cities. I think Wilmington, Wilmington, North Carolina is my hometown and I love it here, but it doesn't have a huge events market. Mm -hmm. very, very much not like big, big events. And so really quickly I started forming relationships in Raleigh and Durham and Charleston and, and Charlotte and kind of like within the first 
think year or two, we primarily were working outside of Wilmington. And so I had to kind of learn quickly too the logistics and involved with that and how do you move flowers and build and bring a team and do all this stuff right. in different places. And, and we were able to do it pretty quick. I think um, one thing that I did when I was starting off is I just said yes a lot and I didn't know exactly how I would do things, but I wasn't scared because I knew I could figure them out. And I knew mm-hmm. I, my background in art, another thing that I'm so grateful for is that I had a really good community of artists around me. So I was, the people that I was hiring and the people that I was bringing to these jobs were all artists. And they were people that were problem solvers and creative and fun and kind of had that same shared sense of excitement, I think, about the Mm -hmm. work. That we were just like, how do we make the coolest thing we could make today here? And we would piece it together in these different ways. And I was actually thinking about your podcast yesterday and thinking about the journey here and reminiscing on this first, one of our biggest jobs to this date was in Raleigh and it was in the early days. And it, I back then didn't even know you could bring a box truck. Like I was just winging it and we filled like minivans, like a small army of cars with all the flowers. We were like strapping stuff to the roofs. And now it's like hilarious because we have 26 foot box trucks every weekend. And that is like, of course the path, but it just, I don't know. We just were kind of winging it and working really hard and doing research, but figuring it out as we went along the way. That's crazy. So uh, let's just give the listeners some perspective. When, when, what year was that Craigslist ad? That was probably 2016. Okay. Maybe 2015. Okay. Still. Okay. So you're like nine years in. Uh, Yeah. So I actually looked up, looked it up yesterday because I I thought you might ask. I incorporated my business seven years ago. And I think I probably had to have answered that add a year or two before because I didn't like immediately jump in. The first year was like friends giving me handfuls of cash, like, like you know, whatever yeah. it was and, and building it together. And then eventually came Blossom Day. Wow. And how did you create your name? Actually, so when I started out, I had a business partner and she was good at naming things. I, <laughs> I was good at the the sculptural visualization piece and she was really good. Her background was actually in botany. So she wow. was really valuable in the beginning, learning about plants and with the way things could live and grow mm-hmm. together. That was a really value, valuable partnership. What happened? We, well, so the company grew so fast. And mm-hmm. at this point that we all of a sudden were never in town. Um, we were mainly, I think back then we were mainly in Raleigh-Durham area. It's, that's about two hours from where, where we are on the coast. Okay. And we were just traveling so much that she, she kind of had a different idea for the business than I had. And I was so, it was funny. It was like once Blossom Bay started in my gut, I knew it was exactly what I was meant to do and what I wanted to be doing. And I was so excited about it that that's what my full focus was. And she was in a very different place. And so we just separated ways at that point. How did, how did the separation go? Because a lot of people are thinking about getting in business with someone. A lot of us just do it by ourselves and we're like trying to figure it out on our own. So how did the, how did the separation work? Like, you know, did you guys have a business contract together and then funds were separated? How did that work? I learned so much. Um, It was, it was difficult. It was really a difficult time. I will say that 
I, again, when Blossom Bay started, I, in my wildest dreams, didn't think we would make it to where we are now. I thought, I, I don't know. I just, it was this thing that I loved and I knew I wanted to do it, but I hadn't quite thought through what that would become. Mm-hmm. And so business partners, she was a friend that I had that I respected and we we're like, let's do this thing. And yeah. I don't, I don't think people often think about, or at the time I was young and I didn't think about going into business with somebody is like a marriage, right? And I would never have married somebody that quickly. And, and, but I did quickly jump into business. And so, yeah, we jumped, we jumped right in and we didn't have an exit plan. And I've talked to some friends about it recently. And I think my biggest piece of advice to anybody that is going to have a business partner is to have an exit plan. And not that you want that to happen, but that if it does, and if your guys' lives go in different directions and who knows what the world's going to throw at you, then you'll have an easy way to kind of separate. But for us, we didn't have that. So it got a little bit challenging just trying to figure out, especially with a creative business and one that a lot of the ideas and the value is in your brain. Like what does that look like and how do you separate it? And it, yeah, it took a little bit of, of challenge there, but we, we figured it out. (laughs) Good. Okay. And you're still on good terms and yeah. 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 And how many years were you into Blossom Bay when you guys separated? We, we were still pretty young. We were only maybe, let's see, 2017. I guess we were two years in when the buyout went through. Okay. Okay. And now you're thriving. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, I mean, it was, it was funny because the buyout happened in February I guess we were three years in actually, because the buyout happened in February, 2020. So I this company and finally like that, that process again was just really consuming and and challenging. And then we, I put it out and was trying to think like, what will Blossom Bay become and what will I do now that it's mine? And then the pandemic hit. So it was, um, yeah, another challenging time, but it's funny looking back how, things kind of work out exactly how they're supposed to, I think, even if they're not how you expect they would. Right. Which is kind of the the topic of my podcast here, <laughs> you know, manifesting your dreams. So are you spiritual? Do you believe in manifestation? And how do you use that if you do in your daily life to get really what you want? I, so I was thinking about this and I think my relationship with manifestation is a little bit unconventional. I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that like I actively every day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to manifest this or I'm going to meditate. But it's looking back, it's definitely something that I believe in and that I do. And like the, our team really believes in the power of positivity and shared goals and and sharing I guess just sharing the experiences together and lifting each other up to reach where we want to go. So I think in that yeah. way, we're manifesting, even if it's just each job and dream that we have for each client. But then in the larger scale, I think I definitely believe, I'm not quite sure yet what what I would call it, if it's a God or karma or spirituality sure. or what, but I definitely think that there's, I know in my gut that there's something that is driving what I do and where it goes and how it works out. Cause even from the buyout to the fact that I answered this job off Craigslist to like right. where we've gotten now, one thing I think is most important for me with manifesting is being open to a different path than I expected. So I knew like when I graduated that I wanted to have a creative job and that I wanted to work in art 
and that I was making these sculptures that were trying to mimic nature, but never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be a floral designer. And it's funny because now that I am, it's exactly what I was supposed to do, but I didn't know. And so it's, I think for me, it's a lot of trusting the path. And even though it's hard at times, like knowing that where it's going to lead to is great. And I was trying to think of an example of this and it's a more recent one, but I've been, the team's grown and we have full-time staff now and we have all these amazing designers. And I remember it was maybe two years ago now-ish, we had an intern that I loved and I sat down with her and I offered her a full-time position and she said no. And I was so upset. And I remember just feeling like, I had invested all this time in this person and I had all these ideas about who they would become at this company and I just felt devastated. And then the funny thing is a couple months later, Kelsey, who now runs our operations and helps me with design and also is our HR and just like a guru of Blossom Bay in general, came to me and wanted to work here full time. And it's so funny and serendipitous because there wouldn't have been a position for her had that other person taken the job. And now- Two years later, I can't imagine the company without her. And I'm so grateful yeah. for how she's elevated it. So it's like this setback or this path that I thought, this thing that I thought was a setback really wasn't at all. And what I needed was Kelsey. And it was and it came exactly how it should come, just not in the way that I thought it was going to. Yeah. I read something along the lines actually today, which is interesting, that says like the universe, you will never find peace in your current situation, if it's, if the universe doesn't want it to be. Mm, Yeah. No, I feel that. So it's like, you know, the pandemic for all of these wedding planners, but then we had, and and floral designers and everybody in the event industry, like we, we thought it was the end of the world, but then it gave us like time and space to like revamp, rethink, rest. Right. So it wasn't all so bad. And then this intern that didn't work out. And then you got a rock star on your doorstep. I know. It's wild when you think about it. I just, it's funny. I'm so grateful. Do you think that now with that experience that if something doesn't go your way or it doesn't feel right or it's devastating, do you think that you can take that experience and be like, I think something else better is coming? Yeah, I can. It took a lot of hard lessons, I think. Um, I always joke with my team that I love learning things the hard way. Um, but now I really feel confident in in Blossom Bay and in the company we are and the and that the direction that we're moving in is gonna be whatever the universe has in store for us. And I have so much, I mean, with that, I know that we have to work really hard and that we have a strong vision and we're great at what we do, but right. ultimately yeah, I think the path that's supposed to be will be. And I, this year in particular, have been feeling really at peace with knowing that we're great at what we do and what what's going to come from that will come. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Ooh, Ooh I know. That's like the, 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 the question, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, you know, I don't know exactly what the next five years will bring, especially if I'm trusting the process. But what I would really like to do is go back to what brought us, me into this in general, which is focusing more on the fine art aspect of it all and the design of it all. I think right now we are doing about 20 events a year, which is nice, but it's a lot, especially Mm -hmm. with the 
scale of the productions that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So my goal for next year for 2025 is to be super intentional with the clients that we take on and the work that we take on and what I would love to do. And, and I guess this would be maybe not for 2025, but over the next, like you're saying, five years, really hone in on this destination work that we're doing. And one of my favorite things we do at Blossom Bay is we work with local farmers and we work with local artists. And that's right now in the Carolinas, we're mainly doing that. But how cool would it be if you brought Blossom Bay in to a specific place that you're getting married and we could come in and hone all our creative energy into using local artisans to make to make your vases and use local farms to grow your flowers and kind of celebrate this exact place and time and season that could be only for you guys because it would only happen on that date in that place. And to me, yeah. like that super fills up my cup. And I know that I would have to have less clients to be able to pour more into that, but that mm-hmm. is. Do you want to come to Italy? Yeah, I want to come to Italy. Please <laughs> take me to Italy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I could eat endless pasta in Italy with you and pieces <laughs> and flowers. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you're my girl for sure. Blossom Bay and Roke International. <laughs> okay, well, it's on a podcast and so now you have to take us. <laughs> done. Done and done. <laughs> done and done. So outside of the wedding industry, like where do you get inspiration from? I mainly, we get, I get a lot of my inspiration from the changing seasons. I think I've been, again, this goes back to kind of slowing down a little bit, but when I can go on a walk outside with my dog, or I just recently got into amateur birding, I think it's so funny um, for me with my craft, with floral design, the second that I can step away from the computer and get outside and kind of see what's happening in nature and how are things growing and blooming, that really changes my perspective. And whether it's like an overgrown weed coming out of a gutter or a beautiful blossoming branch, I think that celebrates where we are now more than than the inspiration we're finding on Pinterest. Yeah. So when couples come to you for their wedding and they're like, I love these colors and here's my board. How are you handling that in a way where it's like, like I, I, I feel like I have to answer the same question with the couples that come to me and like, this is the look that I want. Or are couples coming to you and saying like, I love your work here's what I'm thinking. Here's the venue. Here's my budget. Like, what can you do? Like how, talk to me about both of those scenarios. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, and I think that both of those scenarios happen to us a lot. So obviously we have a, we have a few clients right now who are very attracted to what we do at Blossom Bay. They trust us fully. They want it to be, you know, certain colors or a certain feeling, and then we'll kind of design from there. And I think those clients, that's really where I am finding nature or finding inspiration out in nature. Mm-hmm. But then I, we do have clients that want to be more involved in the process. And I actually have a lot of fun with them. And is it, it's learning about them and, you know, what art inspires them and where do they go shopping and where do they like to eat and hang out or where do they go on walks and kind of looking at all of that. And we did, when was it? It mm, I don't think it was this October. It was the October prior. We did one of my favorite weddings that we've ever done for a couple. And it was based on, they live in Brooklyn and they're big art collectors. And they're one of their favorite artists is Jonathan Green, who is a Charleston artist. And so I looked up his work and one of his paintings, I think it was called 
human variation too, if you, if you want to look it up. But it, it was this beautiful painting with like bright teals and purples and like very geometric. And we ended up getting his permission and pulling pieces of that painting to create the custom dance floor. And then we found different, the couple was super into music too. So we made a gallery wall that went behind them with all these really cool band posters. And then the different, the escort display was all artist pedestals with different stuff. So it was cool to find, to definitely find inspiration in our couples and and create it unique for them as well. Did you say that you did the dance floor and all these custom pieces? We, we sort of, yes. Uh, so we do a, a lot more than flowers. We, it started with flowers and then all of a sudden I was like, well, I would really be so cool if this was behind it. But so with the dance floor, we conceptualized the dance floor in-house. We worked with, we put it together and then hired a local graphic designer here to kind of lay out the artwork. And then the planner brought in somebody to lay out the floor. So I wasn't the one putting down the floor, but we worked with, to help create a creative concept that went around. Wow. And the backdrop? The backdrop. So we do that. And one thing we do, we do the walls, we do escort displays, backdrops, that kind of thing. And we also, I think one thing that really enables us to dream big and bring things to life is we do all of our mechanics in-house too. Mm-hmm. So if you want, actually right before I came, sat down to do this podcast, we have a big wedding next week and they want the arrangement to be ginormous, but it's not like there's a flower stem that's eight foot long. So you mm-hmm. really have to think about like, what is the metal pieces underneath or the wood pieces underneath that are holding up, up those flowers. And that's actually relates right back to my welding days where we're able to put together pieces of of metal and kind of build the skeletons underneath the big designs that we're going to make later. I truly feel like this is your passion and this is what you were meant to do. I think that too, which is so funny because I didn't know until I fell into it. My mind is blown with like the, the course of your life and your career is just so incredible to me. You are one of my favorite people. <laughs> you are one of my favorite people. I've been so looking forward to today. And I actually, as soon as we get off, I'm going to talk to you about when I can fly out and come visit you. Yay. Yes. West Coast, East Coast. I'll come over too. I love it. Okay. So if you weren't a florist, what would you do? And I I don't want you to say that you're going to go back to like welding and woodworking. What else? Um, <laughs> I okay. Well, this is a funny answer, but I think I would like to be in the rodeo or maybe on a ranch. Okay. I think, I think in another life I could have thrived in that world. Uh I like being outside a lot. I like, you know, it's actually kind of similar to being a florist because it's a ton of chaos and I think you never know what to expect, but it's the adrenaline of it all. I, I feel like all of us in the event industry are kind of adrenaline junkies in one way yeah. or another. And I, I kind of just think in the rodeo, I could get that same sense of fulfillment. That's <laughs> incredible. This is the best answer. I did not think that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh. that That's incredible. I can see you just riding a horse, wrangling the cattle. Yeah. Um, sitting out in the field, still looking at nature. <laughs> nature, using your hands. Yeah. Bit by bit. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So if you were to give up and coming floral designers tips on how to break in, how to just get to where you are, 
What would you say? I think it's a great question. I think it's really important to be really excited about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I floral design is actually, well, event the events world in general is incredibly hard work and it is long hours and it is challenging. And if you don't love it, I don't think you're going to want to do it, mm-hmm. but if you're excited about it and you can find joy in, in the design and in the creation, then I think it is so fulfilling. Yeah. And my advice there is like, find the joy, remember the joy and like really cling on to that and make sure that the hustle and like, I, I lost it for a little bit in the burnout. I think once, once Blossom Bay really started to get successful, I said yes to everything at first, which was a really good idea. And then there comes a time where you have to start saying no. And I think that was a really hard lesson for me. And it took me a little bit to get there, honestly, because I was so excited. It was like every single client that came to me, I was like, heck yeah, I want to work with you. This, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden I was like, but when am I sleeping or what am I going to do? When am I going to do anything else? And so I think it's, for me, that was a really hard lesson to learn that I have to say no, or I'm not going to love it anymore. And if I don't love it, I'm not going to be great at it. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That was powerful. (laughs) I liked that. So like photographers and wedding planners, we've been saying like, do styled shoots, like get your name out there, like partner with the right people, do things for free. That really wasn't your path. So that, well, a little bit it was like in the, in the beginning, I did do some things. I I did a lot of stuff at cost when I was trying to come up with these ideas for installations and stuff, because I feel like installations, we're seeing them all the time now. But back when I first started, it it wasn't quite so many. And so I was kind of just playing around and doing it. But I also think for me, it was, it really was the fine art of it all. It was approaching it like sculpture. And it was me really enjoying getting to make things and getting to be excited about them during Mm -hmm during COVID, right after the buyout happened, we were all isolated. And I started, uh, who was it? That photographer, Jamie, is it Jamie Beck? I'm going to be embarrassed if I'm wrong, but there's a really famous photographer who was doing isolation creations Mm. and they were amazing. And every single day she would set up a still life and shoot it. And it was beautiful. And I, and she did it for about a week. And then I thought, well, why am I not doing this? And so I started doing it, but that was back in the time where we all thought the pandemic would be maybe two weeks. And so I was like, yeah. okay, I'll do, this for, I'll do this for 14 days and that's all I'll do. Um, and then it ended up being, I think I did isolation creations maybe for three months. So every single day for three months, I would get on Instagram and do a time lapse and post this wow. thing. And I think that also really resonated with people and helped me kind of get my name and my creativity out there a little bit more. And Instagram in general has been, has been great for us. I think sharing the process has been nice. Um, We get the most feedback from the process of like when the flowers come in and we're unboxing them and we're showing like, how are we like getting them into the cooler and into the vases and then building these mechanics and then loading them back into the box truck and driving all these hours. So people really, I think have enjoyed watching the creative process of, of what we do too. And that's kind of helped get, get our name out there more. And I think it just proves your value. 
It's not yep. that you're just, you know, going to the flower market and then like they show up already cut and unwrapped and everything like that and in water. Like it really shows how hard your team works. Absolutely. I think it's so important to show that because it is like, I don't think it was so fun for me when my parents came on their first wedding weekend with us and started like from beginning to end because I don't think anyone could ever possibly understand all the steps that go into mm -hmm. whether it's being a florist or a photographer, or videographer or planner, all the things that we're doing behind the scenes, because honestly, our goal is for our clients not to know because we want it to be this amazing, seamless moment that feels like it just got there magically. But in actuality, where we're breaking down boxes um, endlessly. <laughs> And late night strikes and early morning installations and, and then the waiting while, you know, the wedding is happening and then you're coming back. It's a lot. No, it's, it is it is a lot. It is an insane hustle and there is so many behind the scenes. I feel like we could write a book of all the funny things that happen behind the scenes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show. It, like I'm so happy right now and literally everyone that comes on the show, you're making my dreams come true. And I know this is a new podcast, but I'm already having so many incredible people like you. And I'm just so honored that you were here and you were able to share your story. And I can't wait to actually like work with you and see how you bring like my design brain to life with your installations. I'm I'm just so excited for that. Thank you. Thank you for giving us, me, a platform to talk about my work and for giving other creatives. I, I was listening to your podcast, getting ready for this, and I was just so impressed and so excited and honored for the opportunity to be here. And I'm so excited to work together one day and just, I don't know, it's an exciting time for all of us. And I'm so grateful to know you and to be here. Yeah. I think 2024 is our year. I do too. I really do. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. Another episode is complete. Another podcast is in the books. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Allie Favory of Blossom Bay Design. My fire to keep thriving in this industry has been reignited yet again. I have goosebumps. Be sure to subscribe to the mailing list so you never miss an episode at roqueevents.com forward slash podcast. And as a bonus, you will get my freebie download on how to manifest the very best day. Looking forward to bringing you more episodes soon. Bye.